You're listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we look at questions and topics that are connected to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in our everyday lives. Our question today is, what is a good reason to leave a church? So it seems like there's been quite a bit of disruption within the church at large lately. It feels like people are leaving churches in record numbers, and and the data shows that to be true. That's something that we've experienced here at CCC, but is also going on all around the country. So we wanted to talk about what is a good reason to leave a church, and maybe even what's the best way to leave a church if somebody is going to decide to move on and go to another church. Welcome in to Church Unplugged. Welcome into Church Unplugged. I'm Jimmy Cozy, part of the leadership team here at CCC. I've got with me the rest of our leadership team, Pastor Joe, Zach Wyrock, and Stacey DiNardo. Our question today is, what is a good reason to leave a church? So uh, lately, it seems like there has been a lot of disruption societally, and one of the measurable impacts is that a lot of people have been leaving their churches. We've seen it happen at our church. We know of it happening at other churches. And so one of the questions we wanted to talk through was, uh, what is a good reason to leave a church? All right, let me go ahead and reframe that as we get started and uh, ask the question, what's a what's a good reason to start going to a church? Uh, how do you choose a church? So let's start there, and then we'll move into uh, why somebody uh, should and could leave a church. Well, I think the baseline answer to that is a church is teaching and preaching Orthodox an Orthodox Christian understanding of of the gospel of of Jesus um, that would include uh, what I would call Apostles Creed Nicene Creed Christianity just historic Christianity one God and three persons sin His Son Jesus Christ who lived and died and rose from the dead is King of the universe and we know all this because the Bible is true that that kind yeah. of fundamental understanding and then I think I would add to and that, that would be from from birth through adult. I mean, yeah. that we would want. Yeah, at every level, say, yeah, every time the church opens level. its right. mouth, per, you know, metaphorically speaking, right. this is what it's saying. I think that'd be the the baseline. Uh, the second thing I would say is, uh, you would want to be want to be in agreement with that church on kind of secondary certain secondary issues. So, uh, convictional understanding of of what baptism is, for example, of. Uh, Issues like that that are going to relate to how the church is structured. Whereas if you disagreed on those things, you'd spend all of your time kind of hand wringing and fussing and asking for more meetings with the pastor. And so right. just, you know, Jesus Communion, said this way, baptism. a kingdom divided yeah. against itself can't stand. What's so. the, uh, tell them the book that you gave me that I just read. I knew you were going to say that. What is the name of that book? The a Hills Hill to Die, to die on. on. The Hills yeah. to Die On, A Hill yeah. to Die On with, yeah. with Gavin Orland, right? right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and basically there's this concept of theological triage. The word triage comes from the medical field where, you know, if you go to the emergency room and, and, and you have a knife sticking out of your head and I broke my wrist, you get to go first. They triage us. Who needs uh, help the quickest um, and, and the most attention? And you can do that with theology. There are certain issues that are of what's called primary importance. That would be that God is triune, that Jesus is the Son of God, those kinds of things. Then there are secondary issues like baptism, Mm -hmm. which if we disagree, it's going to be hard to practically do church together. And then there are third-level issues, which might be over uh, whether or not you should speak in tongues in a worship service where you'd say, well... We can probably work our way around disagreeing on on that one, and I think Ortland's book is rightfully saying, you know, make sure the you pick the right hills right. to not that he says to die on, but what he means is to divide on, right? Right, and that can segue into uh, why you leave a church too. Right, that, yeah. yeah. That but, the best reason yeah. to leave a church or or to go to a church would be 
Now, with, uh, with the absence of Orthodox teaching. with choosing a church to go to, I know a lot of people do it, uh, and they are looking at their kids' experience yeah. and how old their kids are. And yeah. I mean, you planted a church. You know, it's hard to. Yeah. It's the the chicken or the egg for small churches where somebody comes and they say, "What do you have for yeah. you know for my seven year old?" And you go, "Well." Uh, your seven-year-old would be our first seven-year-old, right? Uh, but somebody's got to be the first. So, yeah. yeah. But then we have a lot of people come to have come over the years to CCC because, because of our they kids, say, yeah, because, because they go, all, students. yeah, yeah. Their students all their friends go to to go to this church. So, yeah, we've come. I was just talking about that yesterday. If that is a reason, as a parent, even to break fellowship with a church to leave and go somewhere else because you're discipling your kids and seeing that they're going to be growing. I don't know. I mean, that yeah. was a yeah. question we were asking. I think I would use the language of like substance and preference. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think the substance, I think it's always important to ask the substance question first. So can this church help me in discipling my children? That's a substance question. I mean, I will say, this is not the topic of this podcast, but it's your job to disciple yes. your, your children. Yes, it's not the sure. churches. So don't look for a church that you can farm out your responsibility yep. to. Look for a church that will equip you and participate with you mm-hmm. in the discipling of your your children. But uh, I think that's a substance question. Preference might be, do they do it in the way that I would do it if I were designing a church? Right. You know, They may not have all the flashy programs and whatever that you're looking for, but if we stay here, is it a reasonable expectation that I will be able to disciple my children and the church will participate yeah. with me in that? If the answer to that is no... Then I think you have to go. That that is because of the substance of that is one of the things that you should be wanting to have happen as a parent. With, well, I feel like yeah, children. if you think about the end goal of your your kids or your family coming to church, the primary thing is not necessarily have fun or have an unbelievable experience. The primary end goal would be my kid is walking closer and closer and closer to Jesus. So we should be careful. Not to evaluate only in the terms of well, did they have a blast? Was it exactly? Well, now yeah. is it is it fair to uh, to say that it's like uh, having a kid who will eat their vegetables or making sure that the vegetables taste so good that they want to eat them? Right. It's you know yeah. it's kind of one of those things where I think that uh, I want to be careful as a parent. I mean, uh, there is no no person, no people more yep. important to you than your own children. Sure. And you want your children to have a good experience, but I see a lot of people become kind of child-centric. Yeah. And I think it's always interesting when somebody comes and they say, oh, yeah, our family chose this church because my 12-year-old you know, came to youth group and they really liked it. So we moved our whole, and I just want to go. Wow, what happens when your twelve-year-old wants to, to do? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. When likes a girl at another church, yeah. <laughs> right? I think it's a dangerous way to do it. Well, I think also the 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 you know let's go back to that analogy of you know teaching your kid to eat their vegetables or making the vegetables so good or hiding the vegetables in right. you know. I mean, I think the second one is more expedient, but the problem is you, the goal is to raise an adult who eats vegetables. Right. Right. I mean, and I and I think that's the dangerous thing. I, Look, the 90s and the early 2000s showed us generationally that there is a way of doing student ministry that is fun, but when a kid graduates high school and they go, wow, regular church is not fun like this, Mm -hmm. they don't come back, right? What they actually bought into was fun, not Jesus. Jesus. And and that's where, like, look, I I personally would like to have fun and Jesus, 
Um, but if I have to choose one of the two, and and that's what I mean about substance Versus and preference. preference, the weird reality that we live in that I don't think the New Testament really anticipated was that we, in a particular community, you might have six churches that pass the substance test. Correct. Right. right? right. And so now you, you're picking from six expressions. And this is where, and I don't, I don't know if this be controversial or not, what I would say is if you're choosing a church and all six are, are okay on a substance level, then I think you can use preference. I wouldn't leave a church right, for preference, preference, but I might choose a church yeah. on preference. Now, now we are all on the inside, yeah. right? So we <laughs> and have a, uh, a a very strong bias toward our own church and toward people staying. And personally, it it hurts it hurts my heart when people leave our church out of a preference. Uh, but what would be a preference that would be worth leaving? our church to go to a church that still is substantively uh, a solid church? Well, or is there? You could Maybe you guys can help me with this. I was just writing my theology paper for certification, and this was one of the questions we were talking about. And one of the things that I put was a necessity for me that was that there was that the church was not just about themselves, that it was a church that was on mission and living out the Great Commission right. as a church and encouraging that individually. So... Right. I, see, I, would I don't say know that's that that's you're describing yourself, but, but I would also... say that's substance, right? Because it's yeah. Jesus who says, go. go into all the yeah. nations, right? So I would leave a church uh, if uh, I wouldn't bring a friend to it. Mm. Yeah, but here's what I would say. I've, I've served in church. Yeah. You know, no, when I, I think was that's fair. And just gone, you know what? If I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to, I, I couldn't bring an unsaved friend here. I, yeah. I, w- I wouldn't trust what was going to happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to think on the fly for a minute, but maybe I would say is I think the right way of dealing with that would be to, Pursue a conversation with church leadership in such a way that either your preference changes or they understand where you're coming from and see the wisdom in it and they change or it becomes a substance issue. So here's what I mean by that is that I think when I go to church leadership and I say, hey, here's something that's bothering me. I don't know if I could bring a friend here. Can we talk about that? And they respond, Awfully, <laughs> then yeah. I would say, okay, well, now we've gone from a preferential right. point to a substance point to go. Now uh, you don't seem to care that I can't bring my friends, right? But it's entirely possible that by sitting down with them, they will help me to understand things I didn't formally understand, or they will see wisdom in what I'm saying. And so I think my initial question would be: most people leave with preference without ever even engaging in that dialogue. Right. And I think that's where it becomes a problem because uh, you you really at that point aren't aren't giving anyone a chance to explain anything or understand anything. It's just a me centered. I don't love this. I don't want to try to understand it. I don't want to try to be heard. I don't want to try to share. And that's what's dangerous about a preference. And I I tried to bring that up. Uh, what just? Well, I don't know when this is going to be put out, but during part of the vision series, is that. Um, when church becomes yeah. about me, right, uh, I become a danger to the church, and the church actually becomes a danger to me. I, I, you're not going the way that Jesus went. So, in some ways, it it be good. this is gonna. I'm thinking on the fly too. In some ways, it'd be good for your church to have a few things that are not that are not absolutely. exactly the way you want them, because yeah. then at least you can be checking your own kind of spirit. Yep. And, well, and but this is also where communication is so vital, I think. I'll give you an example from our own church, is that our student ministry 
has a particular Wednesday night and Sunday night strategy. Wednesday nights are the nights, well, for junior hire, junior hires. That's my oldest kid in junior high. So in Wednesday nights, they want my junior hires to bring their friends so that they can hear the gospel, right? So it's big, it's fun, it, it's fast moving, and there's a gospel presentation. Sunday nights are where my children are supposed to be growing as they wrestle with God's word and, and talk to each other about who the Lord is and what he's doing. Um, so sometimes it can happen that a family with a student in our ministry uh, who only engages on Wednesday night says, you know, I think we're going to find another church. There's just not enough substance going on here. And what's really happening is uh, either we're not communicating well enough, saying to them, well, actually, if, you're, if your student's a believer and they can only pick one thing, you should have them in Sunday night small group, because that's where they're going to grow, right? Uh, or you you just don't have enough understanding where if you went to our leaders and said, what's up with Wednesday nights? They would say, oh, right. let me... And I've seen the light bulb come on for people as I explain, well, did you know... Oh, okay, yeah, all right, so I should... So that's an example where you might leave for a preference, but actually, we share that. your heart and desire. Right. You just don't understand the mechanics, and perhaps maybe we haven't done a good enough job communicating the mechanics of how this ministry works. And and so there's a big difference between someone who sits down and says, I have a concern, can we talk about it? And a posture of, can you help me? I know some thought must have gone into this. Can you help me understand what's going on? Versus someone who just kind of ends up at another church because you know a box wasn't being checked. There's a huge difference. Because even if we, I don't know, I'll speak for myself personally, even if someone ends up leaving because the answers and the conversation are not sufficient, I know I have one view of them yeah. As they leave, then I do with someone who just we don't even know, you know we're... three weeks later someone goes where's that person they go oh well they left because you know they don't like the music or they don't and you think oh man we we didn't even have a chance to talk about why we do what we do or where they're coming from or or that kind of thing. That's why we love questions. I always think that yeah. people yeah. always ask ask the question yeah. before you jump to the conclusion. Particularly when it, I would tell you this when you're leaving a church, a lot of times uh, what I've found is that when people leave our church, they've also made kind of a jump uh, to a kind of a, a heart issue where they've they've thought something yeah. negatively about our motives yeah, instead of or... our strategy yeah, and our intentions, yeah. instead of just asking the question and just saying, okay. And that, and as a, I know as a leadership team here, we have made different adjustments and uh, we will change different things in order to accomplish what we feel like God wants us to accomplish. A lot of things are just strategies yeah. that may or that we're trying to figure out uh, may or may not work, and we we pray for wisdom all the time. Yeah, and I think that's where that. dialogue can be so helpful because as as we learn, yeah, in the dialogue. yeah, because yeah. there are, I think there are three possible outcomes that are positive. One is you help us to see something we've missed, right? right? In which case, we change. Two, we help you understand why we're doing what we're doing, and and you change. You say, oh, okay, yeah, I'm on board. Or three, neither one of us change, but we respect each other's convictions enough to say, hey, we can actually move forward together, even if we don't see this the same, right. because yeah. our heart is the same. We're disagreeing we're on how to do something or how to go about something, but we share the same conviction. And, and I think if we don't have a conversation, those three, oppor- those three possibilities go away. Right. All we have is right. parting. Right. And I think no matter, there is no perfect church out there. Right. There is no church that is going to get everything right because we are human beings that are broken, yeah. that make up the church as well. And as much as we seek the Lord and try and pursue His ways and His mission, yep. it's never going to be perfect. And I think but. that's why when you're evaluating a church, whether it's you know leaving or choosing, maybe 
more so than perfection. I mean, leaving aside again, it needs to be orthodox. Need to yep. Need to preach the gospel. Um, but leaving aside perfection and maybe just saying, what's their posture? I think to me, that's the what's their posture towards questions. What's their posture towards um, maybe things that we see that we don't love, or because I, I think that's really what you should be looking for in leaders is are they willing to listen? Are they willing to explain? Are they patient? Uh, not are they getting it right all the time. Because I think you're right, over time, you stay at any church any length of time, they're going to disappoint you, and you're going to disappoint them. Yeah. So the, the, the question isn't, are, can we perfectly relate to each other, perfectly understand each other, but can we have a posture of love? And I think you said it right, Joe, assuming the best about each other. You've been listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we're going to look at topics and questions that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday life. We want your feedback. We want your suggestions. If you've got ideas or questions that you'd like to hear answered on the show, you can email us at churchunplugged at ccchapel.com. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.